This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Jim Kawakami. Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio. Actually, let's just make this the first episode of my new podcast, 49ers Conspiracies. I just came up <laughs> with this on the fly. I am kidding. Of course, it's intellectual property of somebody else, maybe. Who knows? The lawyers will get involved, but... This is the perfect time for it, and I have the perfect guest. We well, every time's a perfect time for 49ers intrigue, especially if I'm the quarterback. <laughs> but this couldn't be we planned this like a week ago and the events kind of overtook us, and this is just the timing I'd want to have on new San Francisco Chronicle columnist and Bally's contributor and podcaster on the volume and probably six or seven other things that he's added <laughs> from the time I wrote this stuff down. It's Michael Silver, you know the voice, you you know the writing. Uh, incredible hire by the Chronicle. I want to point that out. I don't want to just kiss up to you while you're here, but it's true. And, <laughs> oh, no, uh, so- it's cool. This this intro could be an endless <laughs> amount of time the way it's going. And that's it for the show, everybody. Uh, and, I, but- and I would say this, you know, um, we need to get someone to sponsor something in October, a.k.a. Blocktober, <laughs> where we do something, a podcast or something, and literally just can read it really could be any day of any month in any year. We just read any barrage of tweets at us. Um, you, we know you are the worst, and everything <laughs> is your fault. Uh, uh, I, you know, have many similar flaws, and we could just oh, we could do great. block or ignore, and uh, we probably could raise some money. And yeah. uh, I, the other thing I want to say before we start is. So you you coined Hamptons Five, which was a you know very very enduring nickname still, and it was you know smart and you deserve credit for it. But it's not your best. The best thing you've done that I've seen is the Garoppolo's. <laughs> that is, and I don't know when. Yeah, I need to I need to hear year. the backstory because it, it has year. happened. My yeah. yeah, the Garoppolo's is upon us, and it, I was joking about it last year when we we're thinking, could Kyle possibly do this again next year? Like. I can't, right? I mean, like, okay, it, it might work this year, but I don't know. It, it, it It's a little shaky. Is it possible that he could bring this into next year? Now, the thinking then was, would he have Jimmy starting over Lance? And that's not how this is at the moment. But it was, could they possibly make this, do this to, to 49ers fans for another year? I said, if that happens, that would be the Garoppolips. And it just kind of rolled <laughs> off. I don't know how it happened. It just popped in my head and it was coins. But I appreciate that. It just seems to fit. Mike Silver, perfect way to start this. When this is announced on Monday or however it was, when when you first heard that un like 
predicted by anybody who knew anything, including Kyle Shanahan for all these weeks, including John Lynch for all these weeks, that the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo had agreed to a restructuring of his deal and he would be agree to be the backup to Trey Lance this season. Your first reaction was? Uh, I, I mean... I think you and I had this similar reaction, which is this is a hedge, right? So there's 40 other ways to be discussed. And you did a great job in your column uh, off of yesterday. You know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch spoke, you know, reasonably candidly and and shared their perspective. And I think it's fair to talk about all of that, which is, you know, it, it helps their team and, Trey's under pressure anyway, so, you know, this shouldn't really add to that, although I, I think we could we could talk about that. But, you know, and we didn't think it would happen, but here it is, and Jimmy's great with it, and Trey's great with it, and, you know, you never know, and maybe we could trade him. Like, all that is totally valid to discuss, but it still has to take a back seat to the bottom line, which is, they're not doing this if Trey Lance had seized that job in their mind. And look, that doesn't mean Trey Lance isn't going to be great. He's 22. This is year two. He didn't play a lot in college. He played at a smaller program. Um, and we're going to know a lot more a few weeks from now when we see him in some real games. But, um, you know, from January 30th, which was Jimmy's last pass, uh, intercepted by the Rams at last gasp attempt in the NFC Championship game till two days ago. Uh, it was Trey's team, you know, pure and simple. And Kyle decided to hedge for better or worse. It probably gives the 49ers a better chance of possibly winning this year on paper, but it doesn't increase the odds that those who believe. Trey Lance has been anointed as the quarterback of the present and future unquestionably are solid in that opinion. Yeah, Mike, you've been reporting, you know, a ton of people. You're incredibly well-sourced uh, with people around the 49ers, people around the NFL, people around Kyle Shanahan, uh, that there were some, you know, certainly, uh, and you've never said that this is stuff that, that's going to end the, their belief in Trey Lance, just that there have been some troubling signs. You mentioned the arm fatigue last season. There were certainly some things going on there that they kind of slowed down on the Trey Lance stuff. Arm fatigue would be, you know, certainly would be something would be some cause of concern. And then, you know, like maybe some inaccuracies. Like what do you think from people you've talked to, things you can put together would worry Shanahan the most about what he's seen from Trey Lance so far? Okay, so let's go back um, to he makes the trade. Uh, he trades three ones to get up to number three. And my my first reaction when I heard that was, wow, Kyle likes one of these guys that much. And presumably three of them because you'd have to love Lawrence and Wilson, the presumptive one and two, also that much to take that chance. But you get to three and you're like, I'm like, wow. So that means either Mac Jones or Trey Lance or Justin Fields has Kyle that pumped. And it is possible that Kyle made that trade thinking, well, I'll end up loving at least one of those guys. That seems less plausible to me than he had one in mind. Um, whatever, whoever that was and whatever happened after that, he arrived at Trey Lance, clearly. And so why was he so excited about Trey Lance that he used that pick on him? 
Uh, there's a lot to get excited about. Uh, the intelligence was the first thing that I kept hearing, and I know you have too. Um, you know, not just smart, but really, really smart. And someone running a system like Kyle's, that's such a big deal. Um, the talent is obvious, you know, arm talent, he can really throw it, and then he can move. Um, and so, and then the makeup of the kid, you kept hearing, we love this guy. We just think he's a great kid who's got a work ethic, who will really be able to handle it. So all that is awesome. Um, but yeah, since that time, you know, he did have a finger injury, which kind of messed with his delivery and maybe contributed to the arm not feeling right. Um, but most of all, it's just been that the accuracy hasn't been consistently what you'd like to see in the NFL. And in fairness, it wasn't in college either. Um, he had a pretty low completion percentage in college. So did Josh Allen. Josh Allen may be the biggest anomaly I've ever seen in the NFL. They say you can't coach accuracy. Well, Josh Allen went from 55% to 70-ish under Brian Dayball. So it can happen, but you know, it, it tends not to be that dramatic. So you've had times where he looks accurate, times where he looks really inaccurate. That was what I heard over the offseason. You heard it last season. We saw it in training camp from what we could see. There are times where, wow, that ball got fit into that nice window. And there were times where it was like, wait, was he thrown at that guy's knee? So it's concerning. And we can also say the preseason doesn't matter. They're not game planning and all that's true. But that last preseason game, clearly they didn't think he looked like a guy who's like, okay, he's good. Like we're rolling and we don't need to worry about hedging. So I think, you know, you never know how a young guy's going to handle it. I do think it's going to be harder for him having Jimmy there hovering even if they get along, even if everyone says they understand. But the biggest concern right now is in an offense constructed to maximize Jimmy's great strength, which is throwing into tight windows so guys can run after the catch, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, on a team built to win now, if you plug Trey in, can he win now? Now, I will say this, and I know I'm filibustering. Kyle Shanahan is brilliant when it comes to scheming this stuff up. We saw it in 2012 with Washington and RG3, who was not prepared in any way to run an NFL-type offense and yet had a monster rookie season and won the division. And so I think you'll see Kyle use Trey's strengths, including running, and we'll see read option and it'll get defenses off kilter and they'll be stressed out and you'll see open receivers. And I think, you know, Kyle's going to have something to say about this schematically starting September 11th in Chicago. You know, the one thing, if I could go back, there's a couple things that I would say, man, I should have thought about that a little bit more. Might have been all the times that he did that Trey Lance did not connect with Debo Samuel in in, in, the, in practices. It just didn't feel like there was a rhythm there, and you could almost go back and put put a thought bubble in Kyle's head. Wait a minute, like I got a guy who I know can get our best offensive player the ball in a position for him to go, and that's number ten. And he's throwing over side field over there, and you know he's looking pretty good. Now I am like completely reversing time and going, man, I could have like, but. You really can think that, like, can he get the ball to Debo where Debo can make a play? That's that. That to me would really be a big deal. I would even say this if we're in the conspiracy. Yes, you know, let's, go, let's, go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, if you're Debo, 
Why was Debo freaking out? We still don't know why he was freaking. And we know money solves a lot of it, and it seems like it did. But I thought at the time, is Debo partly freaking about needing to get paid now, partly because they're wearing him out as a running back, and there are a lot of reasons the market exploded. But is Debo going, I've seen Trey, and I've seen Jimmy. I know Jimmy gets me that ball in that space. I'm not convinced yet that Trey will what's that going to do to my numbers if I play this out for one more year so I always wondered is that part of Debo's urgency and I don't know and I hope someday you know you or I or someone figures out what was going on with Debo and probably we will but until then I'm going to stick on the conspiracy vein anyway this is a great launching of the fake 49ers Conspiracy Podcast, Mike Silver. I, I, we could go on and on with this. I, let's, I, I do want to hit a little bit on the Garoppolo thing. It's just fat. An NFL person w- was direct messaging me early this morning just saying, like, this is the guy that, you know, they were going to replace, right, with Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Matt Stafford if they could have got in on that deal. Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. They Actually, they kept him over Tom Brady. They did. Like, you could just – It's did. just this back and forth. It's not ever one thing or another thing. It's like this – they're sashaying over and back and over and back, and Jimmy is, is – For those who haven't read your column, definitely read that <laughs> no. because it, it, it really takes the whole journey – and it, it is, and you said you know they just can't quit each other. They belong together. I mean, it kind of it, it is a it is a great story when you step back and look at it um, from beyond. You know, and it's funny. So I I wrote the thing, um, my second Chronicle column. I wrote the thing that talked about how Jimmy, after he got paid in 2018, um, kind of blew off the offseason and or a part of it, and that became a recurring theme except for the year when they drafted Trey two years ago, then that was, you know, he was on point then. But, you know, and pe- I think a lot of people were like, well, why is this coming out now? Are they trying to crap on Jimmy or, is there, or maybe kill his trade value, which doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But, uh, you know, and honestly, like for one reason it came out now is because I took a job with the Chronicle and now I'm hyper-focusing on one team and I kind of knew this, that that had existed and I lasered in on it a little bit. So it's not like someone from the team called me up and said, Hey, put this out there. But, um, you know, the re my point in putting it out was I was trying to show that, okay, we're going to see Trey Lance. He's going to have growing pains. It's going to partly drive Kyle crazy and he's going to have to coach around those shortcomings. My point was he kind of has been doing that the whole time because Jimmy drives him crazy in other ways. Yep. And Jimmy has other shortcomings, you know, and most people do who aren't Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, right? So or Kirk Cousins. <laughs> to the Kyle that. Shanahan crew, <laughs> Kirk Cousins can do no wrong. To the rest of us, we look at the rest of us look at Kirk Cousins and go, Yeah, he's good. There are times where he really steps up and looks awesome, and there are times where you go, Ah, he's just not good enough. That's the that's the rest of the world, including most other coaches. To Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, these very, very smart men who know way more about football than I do, he's like on a level that we I just I, I don't 
fathom it's it. Hard. Yeah. But, yeah. I, it's but it's real. Yeah. Hard for me to argue with them because they know more than I do. But I'm just like, you got to show me because I don't see it. That is the interesting, let's just say Kyle push and pull, right? It's the loves the guy who will make the great check down, right? Check down, per- perfect read, and maybe strays away from the talent that can get away from a pass rusher, move around, and then use the broken play to throw it. What was it? We always hear Kyle likes to scheme guys open. He doesn't need you to run around to try to get the guy. Well, I mean, I, like, right? I appreciate the arrogance. Yeah. It's like, and he has a right to be that arrogant. He is that good. And, you know, it, the arrogance is. Dude, I figured this out and drew up these plays and they will work if everyone just does the thing that they're supposed to do and it'll be magic. Just do that. So I get that. But I I, I do want to give Kyle credit. I think, and again, maybe he made the trade not with Trey Lance and mine. We'll ne- I don't know if we'll ever really know, but I do know this. When he had the guts to pick Trey Lance um, he was basically going against that. He was saying, yep. you know what? I've been watching Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and some of these guys, and I want a guy who can do things that, well, you know, when the play breaks down or that I can scheme, you know, some I, I can put into my scheme some things to catch defenses off guard because of that. Uh, mobility and athleticism. You know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, these guys are are taking over the league. So I give Kyle credit that he had the guts to, you know, have that vision. Now what we're going to all be analyzing every single Sunday is, is this particular guy going to be able to do that at a very high level or a high enough level on a team that needs him to be at least pretty good. And, oh, yeah, they only have one other weakness it's the offensive line. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, that was like, I thought, you know what, man, that's when you really want a mobile quarterback, right? If you guys got rushers flying up the A-gap. For sure. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is a sitting duck there. For sure. Uh, but he's also better than Nate Suttle. I think that is the maybe the biggest miscalculation. And they've miscalculated on backup quarterbacks before, right? They, yeah, they thought Nick yeah. Mullins and C.J. Beathard were just fine, and, and that really, really burned them in a couple years. But... Nate Sudfeld, like that's our guy. Like they jumped on, like Tyrod Taylor is available. No, other guys are available. They go, that's it. Nate Sudfeld, that's yeah. our backup behind uh, Trey Lance. And when you know, and hey, listen, he's the head coach. He knows this offense way better than anybody. But it was like maybe you could do better than that. And I, I do but, think an but element to, of but this to team. their credit, they drafted a guy with the very last pick yep. who they let they rolled the ball out. They let him play. He's the opposite of Trey Lance. He played all four years, right and um, to, you know, Brock Purdy made enough of an impression. I think he drove them crazy. I think there were moments like we saw a couple of plays where it's like, whoa, that guy's got something to him. He's got some swag. He can fit it in there. I see something. And then I think there's some plays where they're like, dude, <laughs> you're not John Elway, like easy, easy, easy. But at least, you know, they did bring in another guy. So they do have a developmental guy now, you know, in addition to Trey Lats, they hope that, Trey Lance has this job for, what, 12, 15 years. But if he doesn't, you know, you've got another guy. You wrote that fascinating uh, note, I think it was a couple years ago, about the 49ers dabbling with Aaron Rodgers when he was under contract with the Packers and Matt LaFleur, his guy, being pissed off about it. And I absolutely believe that's true. No, it's true. You nailed that. It's just a fascinating look at Kyle and, and one of his former assistants are you know, on the same offensive staff 
brings the same offense to Green Bay, but now is his own guy. And there's Aaron Rodgers. And I there was a John Lynch element to this too, but no question, as you reported too, like there was a major John Lynch, you know, who happens to have the same agent as Aaron Rodgers. Like all this stuff, we know, we hear all these by, things. By the way, Matt LaFleur's same agency, awkward. Yes, yes, exactly. Like this all stuff happens, but. My question to you, just having, and you know McVeigh, you know all these guys. I mean, Kerr was telling me you're on a group text chat with all those guys. And you put <laughs> Kerr on it. Well, uh, first of all, I want to say this about Kerr. So I grew up in LA as the only Warrior fan in our school, and Kerr, like everybody else, was a Laker fan who clowned me. And it was a rough era. I mean, I had 75 when I was really young, but, you know, the LA <laughs> team owned the San Francisco teams until 81. And um, and so Kerr, big Ram fan. So when McVeigh got the Rams good, Kerr was all fired up. And when I think Sean told me he wanted to, to meet Steve or be, meet Steve via phone or text, Steve was all pumped. And then Steve sent me a photo of Steve last year wearing a Niner hat or shirt, <laughs> I think a shirt in a press conference. And I was like, the vindication is all mine. I grew up a Niner fan. I grew up a Warrior fan. I'm going to get him. So I think Steve, you know, may have flipped on him. But anyway, yes, uh, I know Sean. I know Matt. I know Kyle. I know McDaniel. They're, you know, that whole crew is amazing. But Kyle's kind of the North Star still. Like, they still all measure themselves. Like, yeah. it's still they're still back in Washington in 2012, coming to Kyle's office all nervous with weird little ideas and hoping that they could like get his approval and not get thrown out of the office. There's still a little of that, but the, the LaFleur thing was, was fascinating because I, I mean, they each had different perspectives, Matt LaFleur's and remember Mike LaFleur, Matt's brother had just left to go with Sala to the jets. Sala and LaFleur were at each other's. One of them was in the other's wedding. I mean, it's so enmeshed. So um, Matt LaFleur's perspective was, um, I'm facing Armageddon here. My, you know, star Aaron Rodgers is so bad with my organization, with my front office that it may all be over for me. And he's navigating that. Kyle, who is close with Matt, I think Matt probably figured, well, Kyle has inside information on this. He's my friend. He knows what I'm going through. Then Kyle trades three ones to fix his quarterback problem. But then still, even after doing that, is doing this weird backdoor trying to get my guy at a time where it's all horrible for me. And then, as you alluded, there, there seemed to be a very, you know, calculated timing of it. And I was in Denver for that draft for NFL Network. And, you know, a lot of friends of mine joke that these stories always come to me and that I get lucky that way. And, you know, people, my kids are texting me like, seriously, you're going to be in Denver when he gets, <laughs> he didn't actually get traded to the Broncos that night, but it was funny. So, um, you know, I think they felt like, Oh, the story's breaking right now before the draft. Um, you know, yes. John Lynch and Aaron have the same agent. Schefter has a relationship with, you know, certain people in the building, it's coming out now, why now? So Matt was very, very upset. Kyle's perspective, in fairness, was, dude, like, it's the NFL. Yeah. Like, of course I have to have my people see if Aaron Rodgers wants to come here and at least make that call because, you know, my job is to try to win Super Bowls for the 49ers. So, 
you know, I mean, it's a weird business where friends fire each other. But be that as it may, Matt was very upset and they didn't talk for months. They're good now. Um, and we saw that chilly handshake um, after the regular season game um, at Levi's. Now, I did do a Twitter stream because I didn't have a solid employer at the time. So I tweeted it. But uh, in I tweeted this awkward thing that happened, which was um, right before the draft. Um, Niners are have the third pick, get ready to pick, you know, their third. And uh, McDaniel's in his office, the door's open. He's on a FaceTime with Sol- Mike LaFleur. Sala's in Mike LaFleur's office for a second. Some Niner coaches are in with McDaniel, and everybody's kind of, you know, BSing back and forth. And Kyle sees the door open and wanders in. And Kyle says, to Mike LaFleur, um, hey, uh, you know, I hope you're not going to throw us a curveball and take someone else because we haven't scouted or take our guy because we haven't scouted Wilson. You know, like Zach Wilson could have fallen to them. Joking around. And Mike LaFleur says, well, what are you talking about? You've already got your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And Mm. Everyone else in the room, you know, like the Dementors enter the room and it's starting to feel weird. But Kyle blows it off and says, hey, tell your brother to call me. He won't return any of my texts or calls. And Mike LaForge says, well, can you blame him? And then it gets super dark and Kyle storms out um, and goes upstairs or wherever, goes to the war room. And then Sala texts Kyle something right as the Niners are on the clock that Kyle misinterprets. It was just a language thing. Sala was saying something. I like, I can't even remember the specifics, but Sala said, sends something innocuous that Kyle, the language he interprets a different way. And he calls Sala and he's like, are you seriously doing this? Well, I'm on the clock. What the bleep is wrong with all you guys? So it's like super weird and tense. Anyway, everyone's over it. it as far as I know, it's all good. And, uh, you know, it, it is if you look at there's a there's a, a column to be written about Kyle's quarterback journey. And you, you know, your column really touched on it very well. It's, you know, they think they're going to get Kirk Cousins and then they get offered Jimmy out of the blue. They take him. He has those. You know, he has that great end of the season. They pay him. Uh, then he goes some, but he's come, you know, he comes back the next year, doesn't play great, gets hurt early. And then, you know, 2019 happens. He's, he's kind of starts shaky. He could get pulled, but they win. Then they go on a run. The Super Bowl happens. They don't take Brady. They go after Stafford. They lose out to Sean. They make the trade. The Rodgers thing goes on. They take Trey. They keep Jimmy for the year. And now this, like it's, <laughs> it, you know, people who think this stuff is simple or linear or, you know, absolute. It's not. It's the NFL. And if you choose right, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you went and got Patrick Mahomes, then your troubles are solved for, you know, a decade and a half. And Who the 49ers could have taken. Yeah, the changes the entire franchise. But if you don't choose right, then, you know, a lot of times people get fired and all that. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. I think the good news for 49er fans right now is – if something goes wrong or if it's not working great, this team that can win now has an alternative right there. You know, the bad news is 
if you're only focused on the future and Trey Lance's ability to grow into that role, it just, you know, you can say what you want, but it just got psychically and practically harder, at least for this year, because you can say, I don't, I block out the noise. Cool. You can say it doesn't matter. I'm only trying to do, you know, win for these people in this locker room and I either play well or I don't. That's true, but it's just different if the guy on the sideline and the headset is the world's most handsome man who took this team really far last season to do to a Super Bowl two years before, as opposed to Nate Sudfeld or Brock Purdy. Is Kyle the alpha of all that group though? You kind of alluded to it, but is, is he the guy like, he uh, seems to be kind of the, the baddest ass of all those guys, or is McVeigh get that now? Cause he won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I mean, Kyle's the, Kyle's the one they still all measure themselves against and want to please on some weird he's level. Still, he's the oldest, right? He's the oldest. And he's the, well, he was the, you know, remember, so Mike Shanahan's the head coach, Kyle's the OC, McVeigh got promoted to tight ends coach only because John Embry got the Colorado job during the season. McDaniel uh, had receivers. LaFleur was with the quarterbacks. Um, and, and then Raheem Morris, by the way, on the defensive mm-hmm. side, like insane staff, among others. And Chris Furster, one of the yeah. craziest stories mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL, who's now the 49er run game coordinator. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think Kyle's the guy. McVeigh and Kyle, it's a very, it's a great dichotomy. McVeigh has taken you know, Kyle's principles, streamlined them, created his own thing and, you know, become a a formidable force. Obviously LaFleur has been more true to Kyle's system, but then he got Aaron. So it's now a merger with Nathaniel Hackett's help really of what Aaron loved and what LaFleur knows. And now McDaniel, who's going to be maybe the most fascinating of all, because in terms of like, the absolute sheer brilliance, you know, because I think if you gave everyone truth serum, all all these people, they'd go, well, Kyle's at an even higher level schematically than, you know, than anyone. But McDaniel's probably the guy who you would think is, you know, has the same level of intellect. And certainly on the run game side, he did a lot of it. So, and he's very much not a traditional NFL head coach in temperament and story and appearance and all that and pedigree. You know, it's all it's a it's a really cool thing. Um, and I think like Matt LaFleur, there are people who are worried that if he doesn't win early, people won't really take him the wrong, take him the right way and get his jokes. But if he does win early, like Matt LaFleur did, it could be amazing. So I'm, you know, I'm quietly you know we don't root like real fans, but I'm <laughs> quietly hoping the Dolphins do okay early on. We us. like interesting stories, and that is an interesting dude. That is, yes. and I'll just say I don't want to. Uh, and losing Jason Jenkins, the executive vice president, uh, there, I think yeah. we. I mean, just like, just a, a, a sad thing. It hits the heart of everybody. Just I don't befriend many PR people who co- yeah. he came up to the parent ranks and Jason Jenkins is a friend he's a friend of so many different people such a quality guy and McDaniel I, I no surprise he didn't know him very long but such a poignant tribute to him 
after the exhibition game. So I just want to say that you and I both know Jenks yeah. knew real well. And just a guy that you could just talk to, a guy that, you know, sure he was working for the team, but you could just talk to him as a human, could rip me, I could rip him, and it didn't matter. Uh, there was a relationship that, that will always be there. So we just wanted to bring that up as we were talking Dolphins. Uh, yeah. Mike, uh, you're back in newspapers. It's been a while. Were you just pining for those deadlines? Like, I need to get back into print. This is what my life here. What's it been like back in the newspaper? What I'm hoping is we can be, well, you're not, we're not courtside <laughs> anymore, but I'd like to be courtside at a Warrior game oh, yeah. with the old Tandy with the, where you can <laughs> see the three lines writing, running for like a 930 deadline, mm. you know. But the Warriors fought back with a 12 5 <laughs> run, keyed by two Latrell Sprewell floaters. I mean, that, I I don't think the world, you know, could get mm. enough of that prose. Yeah, no, I, I, dude, I'm really, really, really happy. It's, um, you know, I think columnist is my natural habitat. And, you know, honestly, that's something that you, you know, the way the athletic evolved and you had a lot to do with it and it's Bay Area, you know, the origin story is Bay Area and what you guys did. And, you know, you're obviously very similar. You're a natural columnist who analyzes and opines and, you know, I think feels better writing loose and columny than, you know, yes. in, in all the other ways. And, um, you know, I, when I was at sports illustrator, which was my dream job, I didn't really get to do that for all those years. I do it online sometimes. So I've always felt like that's kind of what I'm happiest doing. And yeah, I mean, I'm old, I love newspapers and, uh, I, I'm really into it. I, you know, I, you, you alluded to all those other jobs I have and I'm still doing them, but, um, I kind of like it. And it, the fact that it coalesces with a time where we're finally getting access again, mm -hmm. I think is, you know, really, you know, really like a nice touch. Cause there are a lot of things that have happened over the last two and a half years that have not been reported in the NFL because, people like us who normally would just be around and talking to players more regularly and getting the pulse of things would have reported them. And it's been harder to find those things out when everything is zoom or press conferences and closed off. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, uh, I don't know if Kyle's as excited about <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that but uh, they haven't opened up yet by the way for practice uh we'll see I, hopefully they're open this week i imagine this is the week that they're going to open up for for practice but we shall let's see hope so. yeah hopefully tomorrow it'd be great if it's tomorrow hey, i Jimmy, remember when i remember when george seifert first closed a practice not to locals by the way still locals were cool but they were getting ready to play the giants to the playoffs and he finally drew the line when Harry Carson, the Giants' longtime <laughs> linebacker, who was now doing radio, asked for, you know, got credentialed and was going to show up to a midweek practice before a playoff game and watch the whole practice. And he was like, okay, no, only <laughs> Bay Area people can be at this practice. And we thought we were like aghast. We're like, why? Well, what do you mean you're closed in practice? So yeah, we've 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 fallen a long way. We used to laugh too. We used to be like, hey. Keep an eye on 80. They like to go to 80 down yeah, in the red okay. zone. He's okay. That guy 80. 16's <laughs> really accurate. I mean, what's Harry Carson gonna say? Yeah. 42 likes to he hits people really hard. But there you are. 
All right. Well, listen, we could talk on and on. We've already gone over uh, the time I said we would talk to you. But you did predict we would go over. You, uh, Michael Silver, you know you know this podcast. The, I mean, it, I think it, my it, first answer was 25 minutes. Yeah. And I would also, I would say this, too. Um, you know, I don't know what you've done copyright-wise, but a Garoppolo's T-shirt of that handsome man. And, you know, there's something there. I, I just, I don't think it should be. I don't think it should go in vain. It will not go lost into the mist. I don't know if I'm going to make <laughs> any money off of it. But when when Draymond used Hamptons Five as their group, the name of their group chat of those five guys. Oh, they that have, oh, enough. that's they that's named the group. The, now. They it's named probably the group not. Chat. Yeah, it's probably not in existence anymore. Although it might be. Who knows? That was their group chat. Hamptons Five. Literally, he called it. And I said, you know what? I'll take that. That part who, I will take. Who was the who was the bravest person? to send the first text to Hamptons 5 after the Draymond Durant incident. <laughs> you know. It wasn't Draymond. It wasn't Durant. So that means either 3-0. It was 3-0. Andre, <laughs> Clay, or Steph had to be brave enough to be like, hey, did you see that Jason Tatum turnaround? You know, like, or whatever they talk about. Like, but like, bro – I've got, I just created the greatest team, you know, in uh, whatever they call them, the NBA Madden. Yeah, I'm blanking, yeah. NBA 2K. Like somebody at some point sent a text and was brave enough to like get it back rolling again. It was His number was 30. I'm sure it was three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's the only one who could get away with it. <laughs> he right? wasn't at that game. That's like one of the big things. Like, that's one of the great under the radar things. He he missed that game. He wasn't on the road for that game. Oh. Like, okay, you know what? I better be at all the road games now because Steph was hurt at the time. So, All right, Max Siller, I, mean, I will end this with a version of the question I ask everybody, and you've answered versions of this before, but we'll see on this one. Mike Silver, what's your favorite TV show right now? Right now? Okay, so it's it's complex because Peaky Blinders just ended. That's a that's, that's a such huge... that comes up again and again. It's one show I haven't watched. It's Shanahan's favorite show. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, so you need to watch that. So I I just want to like I, I want to say something that's disturbing me a little bit. So you know my parents um, who live in LA are um, you know have been very into the uh, you know binge watching thing for years, or at least they they maybe don't binge, but they regularly will. They'll they'll okay. We they have Netflix There's... and Amazon Prime, and we got a new thing, and then they get really really into it, and it's kind of disturbing me. And and I'm not sure if I should be disturbed, but they started watching Better Call Saul and they're like super into it, but they only made it through like three episodes of Breaking Bad mm -hmm. before they decided they didn't like it. Okay, so I'm upset. I'm like, look, you guys, yeah, technically you could watch a prequel first. You, there's a lot you won't know, but what you really need to do is watch Breaking Bad, which is, you know, probably right up there with The Sopranos as the greatest drama ever on tv in my opinion and i in the background the second time i tried telling this to my mom my dad's going we don't like breaking bad and i'm like <laughs> oh my god so i'm going down to visit them in a couple of days and, and i know what's going to happen i'm going to start hearing about better call saul and hey you want to watch one and i it's just it makes me really really upset and maybe they'll go all the way through better call saul and then maybe i can then get them yep to try Breaking Bad again, but it seems like a lost cause. It's very frustrating to me that they're going to be watching like Gus Fring and having no idea of what he really is and only see it from a Better Call Saul perspective. 
Um, and it's just something I'm going to have to fight through. Uh, uh, I don't want to risk a Mike Silver uh, tis tisking, but I have never watched either show. I, I know that's okay, not well, good. Yeah, but if I, you I, watch I, one, Tim, yeah. just please start It'll with Breaking Bad. It, it makes no it. chronological sense, but don't I, start telling me about Saul Goodman as a Better Call Saul character. <laughs> I, I figure if it's one of the great acting performances by Brian Cranston, like you better watch that one first, right? That that's the lodestar, and everything else comes from there. But uh, I'm glad I risked a Mike Silver tisk tisking and, and avoided it. I appreciate that, Mike. I appreciate all the times a great conversation. It's almost like we could do this a lot. Uh, I'll just throw that out there into the ether. It's almost like we could do this a lot. There's so much to talk about. You and I have similar perspectives, but diff come from it different ways and. I just knew when the Chronicle hired you, like, well, I'd heard about it. You know how I might have heard about it. Uh, and I just I mean, that that is a great hire. It I is, mean, yeah, no, I, 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 you, tweeted at, you tweeted at one point where, where you kind of like <laughs> were onto it. And I I wanted to tweet back, why oh, you are the worst. But, you know, I, I am. I figured someone else would anyway, so. But I don't just, think anybody got it except for you and me, by the way. I don't think anybody understood what I was doing there. But yeah, that's I, good. That's appreciated. Kill, Kill, I think Killian must have understood because you were replying to her. But she's like texting me another time, like like what, like like two weeks later, like well, what do you mean? What do you mean? I go, yeah, I kind of text, I kind of tweeted that I knew a couple weeks ago, but yeah, you oh, did. Well, that's no, that but. is fair. That is true. You did tweet, <laughs> and I, you know, yeah, you're right. It it just kind of slipped on through and okay. uh it was go. meant to be it was meant to be and uh i just think it's a great thing to have in the bay area it's a great thing for foreign hours coverage we've obviously can talk about it uh your stuff is is reported it's analyzed it's there's so much there to it and i love reading it so that's why i like having you on as a guest that's why i like talking to you i'm sure we will continue this conversation on and off the air uh very much longer but thanks for being on the show mike thanks to appreciate it all right that's the show for today